Hi, I'm Céline Boudjak and today I have with me Rémi Astier, founder and co-CEO of Vauban and Jatin Ondier from Shojin Property Partners. Vauban is an online platform that lets you raise and pool capital to invest in private companies, mainly in startups. Some of the venture capital funds that have used the platform to raise capital from investors include Octopus Ventures and Anthemis. And Shojin Property Partners is a real estate investment platform providing junior funding for real estate development. And they provide opportunities to a majority mass affluent client base on a fractional basis. So I have with me Remy and Shojin today to discuss this so-called democratization trend in the private markets. Both men are working to make private assets more accessible to a wider group of investors and today they will share their thoughts with us on why this is important, what some of the challenges are and what they wish to see from the regulators as well. So it sounds like both of you are kind of advocating or working towards making private asset classes available to a wider audience, to more individual investors. I mean, why, um, why have you started working on that? Why do you think this is important? Um, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll kick off if you like, but, you know, very, very simply, you know, throughout history, the rich have gotten richer and I have absolutely nothing against the rich. But the, the fact is that the, 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 you know, the, the, the disparity is growing between the, the, the super rich and everybody else. So I think 1% of the global population controls 45% of global wealth. But you've got, you know, the rest of the people are stuck with what we consider mainstream investments in equity funds and, and things like that. The fact is that the rich get richer by investing in things like alternative investments, things that are not widely available to the mass market. And, um, and, it, and in Individuals, weirdly enough, do access them, but through things like their pension funds and things like that. Mm. But what happens is you're too far removed from the investment itself. And there are so many fees taken out in the process that actually the investors returns. I mean, my pension has a terrible performance. Right. So 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 the idea here was on the one side, you have great opportunities. You know, you've got what I consider business owners looking to grow their business today. You know, we're focusing on real estate, but it could be anything in the alternative space, which, you know, it's not mainstream and it's in that mid market. They require money to grow those businesses. On the other side, you've got investors that would love to access that space, but can't directly access it. They don't have the amount of money. They don't have the expertise to really do the due diligence. So, so, so by, by giving them an opportunity, you know, the, the first thing is the opportunity to invest in those. Um, and, and, you know, it, it really helps to spread the wealth out across a lot more people and therefore effectively spread wealth. I mean, there's no reason it should be concentrated in the hands of a few. Everybody should have the opportunity. But the second thing is the disintermediation. So much is taken out by so many people. I mean, you know, my pension fund is managed by somebody who gets paid very, very well, whether they make money for my pension or not. So, you know, when I see my pension statement and it's had terrible performance, you know, it irks me to think that the guy who's managing it on the, in the meantime is driving around in a Ferrari. You know, it, it's not, it, that's not the way it should work. And technology has enabled this disruption and this disintermediation. Um, and it is the way of the future. Remy? Yeah, so for us, I think we, we, 
kind of very much, um, we're very driven by the market essentially. So as a company, we didn't start with a kind of democratization angle. And, and actually even today, most of our customers are, you know, like large venture firm or family offices, et cetera. Um, but essentially to reply to your question, yeah, I think it, 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 it does make a lot of sense. And I think it's a, a very purposeful mission. Um, and there would be three reasons for that. So the first one is what uh, Jatin was mentioning is just that the, the yield is a lot better, right? And especially nowadays with, um, you know, very, very low interest rates, um, most, uh, you know, fixed income instruments don't yield anymore. And most retail saving products are built of fixed income instrument, right? Whether it's life insurance, et cetera, et cetera. So it's only fair that, I mean, everyone or as many people as possible can access, you know, opportunities that can yield 10 to 20%, um, you know, per year and don't have to see investment product that, you know, barely cover the inflation. So I think, yeah, yield is a part of the answer. Um, something else that I think it's typically more, um, I mean, around what we do, I think it's typically more productive for a country. And I think even in like recent government reviews, they would call it productive assets or productive investments or something like that. But the idea is when you invest in a private company like that, what we do when you invest in startups, that, you know, you're not, it's not a buyout, right? You're actually investing in a company and they're going to use this money to create technology, to hire people, et cetera. And I think, you know, the UK definitely needs that at the moment. Most countries definitely need that. Um, so there's also a sense that it actually, I think, brings more good in the world as a whole. Um, and certainly a lot more than investing in, you know, bonds issued by BP or whatever. Um, but I mean, he, 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 he serves a purpose in the economic machine that some people buy the bonds as well. But wh what I mean is that I think there's a, yeah, there's a world where both should be here. Um, and, uh, and lastly, and that became very, very strong uh, recently, I guess, with, um, you know, everything we're hearing in the news and the wealth passing generations, et cetera, but is that um, in, in addition to the yield, to the economic reward, I think people are looking for some kind of social rewards, um, which mean that the next generation of investors, they really uh, passionate about backing causes they care about and about investing in companies they connect with. That's interesting. It's funny, actually, in the last couple of days, I've been reading these um, articles where people are saying private equity and private markets um, and ESG and impact investing are incompatible. So for you, it seems like you're arguing the opposite thing. It's actually more compatible. I mean, if you I imagine think most of those firms are small firms, right, that are trying to really grow and, and actually, I think the alternative space is essential for them because that's how they access capital, especially in the early stages before they can access mainstream capital. Investing in startups and these companies, it is kind of more risky, right? And with creating portfolios, especially for individual investors, we always talk about diversifying the risk and making sure you don't put all your eggs in one basket. But alternatives are seen as more risky. So if you bring open it up to more retail investors or bring it down the spectrum, isn't it um, a bit dangerous in some ways? So how do you um, think about that or account for that? 
I, I, I love this question because it comes <laughs> up so much. And um, I think I think the the, the, the singular thing that, that, that most people, I think, forget when they consider risk is the, the single biggest risk is liquidity, right? So in the mainstream markets, you've got liquidity so you can get out, you know, if you need to. In theory, obviously, markets can plummet and, and so on. I think there's a number of things. There, there's There's the fact that people should be diversifying regardless. The people need to be taught how to invest. You know, the problem is they don't teach this stuff in schools. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's amazing how many people graduate from university not even knowing how a mortgage works, right? I mean, it's crazy. So the first thing is educating people on understanding how to invest money. And diversification is, is rule number one. But, but you know, for, for when you consider risk, um, you've got the mainstream markets where, in theory, in an efficient market, you can't beat the market, right? So risk, I mean, you know, if you imagine a current, I don't know if you're seeing this the opposite way around, but if you imagine a risk curve, um, you know, if you take more risk, you get a certain level of return, more risk, you get a slightly higher return. The alternative markets are just highly, highly inefficient. So if I look at the real estate development space, the only reason we can generate such high returns is because it's just inefficient, right? There's not enough people in the market. If there were, our returns would start coming down. So as a result, you can generate higher returns in the alternative space because if, if a company needs money to grow, there's just not enough places for them to go to. So therefore, when you say to them, okay, I'll invest in that, but actually I want a higher return or I want to take X percent of the profits, they will agree because they don't have much of a choice. Now, that sounds a bit mean, but it means that we can then sell it on the other side to our investors who are then getting an outsized return to their level of risk. So when you say, is it risky? Everything has risk. The, 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 the whole point in investing, and this is what fund managers are supposed to be doing, is trying to outperform the market. The reality is, and it's been proven time and time again, you cannot outperform an efficient market. Therefore, if you want to outperform the market, you look at alternatives. Isn't that a bit of a problem then? If you open it up to too many people, then your returns are going to come down eventually. No. The market's so small at the moment. It's so immature. I, I agree with you, but it'll take maybe 20 years, I think, to reach that. At the end of the day, alternatives will become a mainstream market. If you take the equity market, the bond market, the commodities market, all of these things started off in the inefficient space and became more efficient over time. The alternative space we're looking at is inefficient today. 20 years from today, it will be efficient, and absolutely those returns will come down. But right now, that's where the opportunity is. Hmm. And um, do you think, I mean, yeah, Remy, go ahead. No, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I very much uh, agree with um, Jatin that because the, uh, yeah, because it's so hard to access and because there's um, this asymmetry of information, there are no opportunities. Um, but also about the danger, I think investing in alternative is not as risky as everyone makes it sound, if you diversify enough on the stock markets, etc., you're much more likely to develop a behavior that's a little bit more similar to gambling, maybe. And I think paradoxically, a lot of people lose a lot of money doing that. And you can't do that as much if you don't have that very short feedback loop, right, where you invest the money and right away you made money or you lost money. So I think, yeah, it's, uh, there are arguments in both ways. 
but I guess yeah, it's just about being careful of the um, illiquidity. Mm. And, and it's I interesting mean, you say that. Oops, so, so, no, sorry, no, no. If, if I may just uh, just respond to something uh, Remy said there, and, and I, I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, it, it is the liquidity element, and um, uh, I've forgotten the fund manager's name now, uh, Stephen something. But you know, it, it's the whole idea of patient capital. And, and, you know, having that idea that, you know, yeah, it doesn't have to be an immediate kind of profit, but actually, if you've done the due diligence, if you uh, understand the underlying project that you're investing in or the business that you're investing in, actually, you're taking that long review and actually your portfolio can do very, very well. I think one thing that uh, in the alternative space, you know, that there isn't a, a very uh, liquid or active secondary marketplace. Um, that that will come together. So you know the, the the market's gone through its first bit of turbulence last year uh, since it all started, like ten years ago. Um, and uh, and and in that respect, you know, it, it's made people realise that platforms need to work together more closely to really try and um, bring this market into the mainstream and uh, you know provide a deeper pool of liquidity so that people can take a view, you know, if they do need to exit early or anything like that. So these things are happening in the background but in the meantime you know the, the idea that that every platform sells is to the investor is when you put your money in you should go in on the on the assumption that your money will be in there for the duration so make sure you like the project and that you're happy for your money to be tied in and what about the regulators? I mean, we're hearing um, in the last couple of years, like the FCA is looking at it in the US, the SEC is looking at kind of how to open up more alternative and private markets to a wider group of investors, um, the liquidity question as well. I mean, what are you seeing there? Is it encouraging? I'm going to use the example of crowdfunding because it's very analog to what we do. It's not exactly what we do today because still we don't target the same people, etc. But in that sense, in the alternative democratization uh, sphere, I think the UK led the way by formally authorizing, you know, the first wave of crowdfunding platform. Um, and the US followed shortly. Um, and actually, the, 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 the US, I think, now did a lot more than that as well. Like, they, they really, for the venture capital, they really did a lot to democratize. So, you know, pretty much anyone in America now can launch a venture fund and advertise publicly, etc. So, they really, really lowered to, to, to the lowest the kind of, uh, you know, historic consumer protection against alternative. Um, which is obviously very encouraging. Um, and now the EU is actually, will be launching their own regulation later this year, right? Um, and I think it's a great example of governmental and regulatory initiative in making, you know, alternative and venture capital more accessible. But overall, I think equity crowdfunding and any regulation that democratize um, venture capital, like they've been a lot in the US, uh, I think so far it's been a net positive for the economy, for individual investors, um, and for the, the general business ecosystem. Yeah, and 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 actually, uh, I, I totally agree with what, what Remy just said. And and you know, just really to add, I think I think the FCA have a really, really, really difficult job to do. They they always have had a difficult job because they've got to balance the needs of so many kind of different uh, uh, players or, or participants in in the market now. They're, they're, you know, when it comes to this kind of online fractional investment or crowdfunding, you know, their number one concern is protecting investors, you know, which is rightly so. But 
I think that the you know and they were one of the first to properly open it up and uh, and and let firms uh, launch in the UK uh, and and that was brilliant. They were being very progressive. I think that the you know following some some high profile failures, I think that they've um, panicked a little bit. Uh, you know they've obviously got a new boss who wants to clean up uh, clean up the town, and um, and 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 I think that they risk. Um, kind of going too much in the other direction. Uh, you know, protecting consumer interests is absolutely crucial, 100%. But that should be done not by um, preventing them from taking part in these markets, but by educating them. And, and you know, what they're doing is, is, is almost step by step right now by bringing in additional rules to prevent retail investors investing into this space is, is, is really... Um, taking away some of the gains and, and progress that was made in the market. And all that's going to happen is the whole market will move to uh, another regulatory kind of environment. You know, it could be Singapore or something. But, but you know, I, I think it's, it's crucial. We, you know, we as in you know, the FCA and, and the UK market has a golden opportunity right now to take all the lessons learned and create something sustainable, creating and, and, and you know, really to, to look at the way companies operate in this space as opposed to just preventing retail investors from investing. The best comparison I can make is a retail investor can, um, they can buy cryptocurrency, they can go to a casino and gamble away their, their savings. You know, they can do all sorts of stupid things with their money. So to prevent them from doing something that is genuinely actually a very positive, which is that they're, they're investing their money, they're, 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 you know, they're learning to invest their money. It, it, you know, it, that shouldn't be taken away from retail investors. Otherwise, you go back to the rich getting richer and then the rest of us are left to, you know, stick with mainstream markets. Hmm. So you think there is a way definitely to kind of balance the protection of the investors and um, consumers, but still let them invest in more private markets or different asset, uh, alternative asset classes? Yeah, absolutely. E education is key, right? And you know, I, 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 I feel, you know, the, the, the companies that failed in the past three years failed more because they were clearly doing something wrong, right? And if somebody had watched what those companies were doing, they would have realized that something wasn't quite right. That's no reason to stop investors taking part in the market as a whole, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I think there needs to be a, a, a fresh look at how the market is regulated, but encouraging the growth of the market if, if London wants to be the global centre for the alternative investment space.